Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to episode 237 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What have you been up to this week? Recently I started watching, actually this weekend, started watching a show called Inside Number 9, which oh, was yes. recommended to me uh, by a friend. Um, now, before this friend recommended it to me, I had never heard of the show. Yeah, it's and, been uh, around for like five seasons or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, so. no, it's not new. It's actually coming back for season six today, or by the time you hear this, the, the first episode of season six would have already been out. But yeah, uh, yeah it's a basically this little anthology type of series where there's these two guys that obviously run the show and write it and do all that sort of thing with it. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're both in each uh, episode and obviously playing different characters in each episode. And it's sort of this mix of like, there's a lot of horror episodes, there's a couple of comedy episodes, uh, and there's some just other bits and pieces in terms of themes and things in there you get uh, six episodes a season they're half an hour long so not that not that much uh, to sort of to sort of go through for it and uh, yeah each episode just tells these sort of little stories these little like bottle episode uh, single focus kind of episodes uh, and oftentimes it's based in like either a building that's got number nine on it or just, it, you know there's always something related to the number nine right okay. um, you know, just with diff- different things and oftentimes it's in like a house or it's in just al- always in one particular location hence you know how you focus it with the bottle episode and all that sort of thing a couple of favorite episodes there's one about like the burglar in season one that's season one episode two there's um obviously i'm not going to say what happens in the episodes but i can yes. talk about the, the different episodes there's one with a uh, train cart thing which is uh, this train that's on its way to paris and uh, jack whitehall's in that episode as well and uh, with each episode there's always it, it's sort of like an actual situation that's set up about 10 minutes into the episode because that's when you've had established who's in the episode and what they're, what they're actually doing mm. and then usually usually and sometimes in the last five minutes there's a, a little twist towards the end of the like last five minutes and then sometimes even another twist like in the last minute as like an ep- episode ending kind of twist and uh, it, it's quite good at doing all those sorts of things I do think that the show's probably best when it's focused on because there's some quite dark things that happen in some of these episodes obviously I won't go into yeah. what they are but uh, some kind of bleak ending some ambiguous kind of ending where it's like okay this thing is about to happen but did it happen did something else happen and usually that would annoy you know most people it's basically a cliffhanger but it's like okay you know there's only a couple of possibilities that could happen but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of left up to you to figure out which one of those are because you've you've kind of got an answer to what might happen but you have to just figure out which which one it maybe is um but you know it's really really good and uh, it's just refreshing that even if one episode is good but not quite as good as the previous one you can just 
move on to the next one and you'll possibly get something that's uh, different or better. So. Yeah, I, I haven't actually watched any of Inside Number 9. It's one that I keep on meaning to go to. It's uh, uh-huh. Rishi Smith and Steve Pemberton, who are, yeah. are two of the League of Gentlemen, also created Psychoville as well. And uh, yeah, it's one that I just somehow flew completely under my radar as as is you yeah. um it's one that i really need to go and watch because i think i'd rather enjoy it because i do like those guys but um i mm. i haven't managed to get to it yet but uh, that's on iplayer is it it's the whole thing on iplayer it's actually on uh, netflix and you oh, it's I, on netflix, I, okay. I don't know if it's on iplayer i haven't actually checked but um okay my friend at the time told me you can go and find it on netflix so i just went straight over there uh, so okay. Maybe it I'll might go be on iplayer that. but I, I don't know uh, of course the new season will, will be hopefully on be on iplayer when yeah. it comes out okay. around so uh, yeah, I might go really and, good uh, so far. I've got a holiday coming up. I might go and download some of those <laughs> and uh, take it with me so I can watch it. But, yeah, be good for kind of a flight or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend the show. And like I said, if you don't like one episode, you can just move on to the next one and you'll never have to see that story again. Yes. So, uh, quite good. Uh, the Outsider, another very good show that I'm watching, HBO and Sky Atlantic, uh, yeah. based off the Stephen King book. It's this horror story with like a murder mystery kind of tied in. And those, those two elements are literally tied together because the murder mystery is both a kind of horrific thing that happens and it's also obviously the murder mystery as well I can't quite remember a show that's blended those two things so well together they work individually on their own in the show at certain different points because obviously you have some of the actual murder mystery stuff that isn't involved in horror and then that sort of comes on later there's a couple of weird things that are happening obviously you know Stephen King stuff and you know really kind of weird horror thing uh, that Mm. he kind of sticks to but uh, I still kind of am remembering the end of last week's uh, episode it had this very kind of eerie ending and um, there's these hints as to like okay you might think that this thing is kind of happening but you'll obviously have to wait and watch more episodes but uh, I can't wait for whenever the new episodes come out on uh, on Mondays I haven't seen this week's episode yet but yeah, uh, I, I might have by the time you uh, hear this but uh, not at the moment it's one of those shows that firstly I would say I think calling it a horror is probably you know for people that don't really do horror like me I'm not a huge horror fan I, mm-hmm. I think calling it horror is slightly misselling it. it it's really it's a crime thriller which has some supernatural stuff sprinkled across the top of it more than anything else that, yeah, i mean it's stephen all king. those things yeah, yeah it is stephen king uh, so obviously there is a sort of supernatural element to it but it is very much a, a kind of most of it is a crime thriller more than anything else um mm-hmm. but there is some supernatural weirdness that kind of runs through it uh, but uh, yeah i've been loving that it's one of the things that it's frustrating that it's a hbo show that's getting re- released weekly and you can't just binge your way through the whole thing um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually spoke to John Heller of Fuse Effects who are the main effects guys for that show and it isn't an effects or mm, that's not quite right doesn't look like it's an effects heavy show on the outside of it um, but like many of these things they they specialize in effects that you don't really see so uh mm-hmm. i've got an interview with him coming up later this week you'll be able to find that on the behind the scenes podcast later but uh yeah that's a really interesting interview because he talks about this and he's done a whole bunch of other things as well so yeah look out for that if you're a fan of the outsider because he talks a bit about sort of doing some of the effects work for that show but um yeah it's Excellent. it's really yeah. good really really good i'm enjoying it there's this like kind of like main mystery in it as to what's happening with this particular person and we're i think four episodes in now and you would have thought that by this point like okay they haven't given us quite an answer but there's like 
detectives trying to figure things out and you're kind of trying to work out with them. You would have thought at this point that that, that type of thing would have gotten like old and annoying and like, hey, let's just like just just tell us kind of what it is. But it's not at the moment. And I'm kind of expecting yeah. that, okay, but probably by the season finale, that sort of thing might uh, get uh, revealed. But, um, you, you know, what I mean, sometimes with, with TV shows, you do wait a bit too long to see certain reveals and things. And you might have thought that would have been the case with this, but it's just not. It's just an enjoyable kind of uh, mystery to, to unravel with yes. the detectives because they, they've kind of worked out a little bit like, okay, there's this weird thing going on, but neither you or they, at least at this point in the series, know why that's exactly, happening. Yeah, what's happening and exactly yeah. how it's happening and why it's happening. You're getting little bits each week, but there mm-hmm. isn't a full reveal at the moment. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really good. It's very solid. And I know it's only February, but it's quite an early contender for like a best of 2020. I know yeah. it's a very early thing to think about, but hey, when, when we get to December and we figure that out, you're going to have to remember these shows that came out in like January and February because uh, yeah, some people don't always remember Yeah, they always, they always get forgotten. The ones that come out yeah. in January are ones that always, people always forget. But there, this, I, I think, is definitely up there. It's yeah. a very solid contender for, for one of the best shows of the year. But who knows what else will come. But yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty, uh, speaking of horror, but in a different way, uh, I had to reinstall the game twice uh, <laughs> yes, recently. I, and this I've isn't been... a small game to reinstall. It's uh, 70 gigabytes. No, I get the impression you're not the only one that's had to do that as well. Yeah, from there's been a bit of a, a bug going around with the update. It wasn't a new season update, however, but season two is, is coming soon. Bit of an issue with that, but uh, it's seemingly sorted now. I hope it, the bug doesn't happen again. So mm. there's that. Uh, the Deuce the Deuce is another show from David Simon. Of course, if you remember uh, The Wire. Yes. Back, which finished, I think that finished in 2010, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, so, you know, HBO pedigree and, and all that sort of thing and the, the David Simon pedigree. This is basically set in the uh, adult kind of work industry, but it's more based on the business side of things. Yeah. And because it's based, I think it's the 60s, 70s and 80s in the three different seasons they've got they do time jumps in between each season right and basically because things like uh, the way video changed the way that cameras changed the way that uh, certain business is sort of done the characters who are making this you know adult content they have to kind of adapt and change the way they're they're making things and it's like oh there's this new cool way to like make this content and stuff and the characters have to to adapt to that so it's, it's not quite about the as much as about the adult work it's more about like these characters just kind of navigating the business and uh there's some crime stuff that gets involved and uh, things can get uh, a bit messy. So uh, particularly in this final season, a couple of people have uh, died and, and stuff like that. Obviously I won't say who, but um, I've got two episodes left. It's actually the final season, this third season, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it wraps up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very good. Well. I think I saw the first season of that and then I just okay. hadn't, it was on against some other things and I hadn't managed to get back to it. But it is one that I really enjoyed and one that I wanted to go back and watch again because it's only three seasons and they're what, 10 episodes or something, something like that. So, Eight, nine, ten. Usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not exactly long to get through. So that's another one I need to go back and catch up with because it was, mm-hmm. it was quite good that first season. Yeah, it's just kind of good fun. And like some of the characters I still don't know, like names of and things like that, but it's, a show that I can just kind of follow the general direction of and kind of still know what's going on and, yeah. and things like that. Uh, plus, if you like uh, James Franco, he plays twins. Yes, in, he uh, does. Twin brothers in yes, the show. So that's, double uh, James Franco fun. in this, yeah. Yeah, and they are getting some arguments. So you can see James Franco arguing with James Franco. <laughs> yes. I suppose. So uh, that's uh, pretty good. But yeah, look, I'll probably finish that uh, maybe today or tomorrow and uh, see how it all wraps up. 
So yeah. what else have I got? Uh, Friends, which finished obviously in 2004. <laughs> uh, recently finished the the final season of, and um, just kind of a nice, interesting, happy kind of ending. Yeah, um, I would is. definitely say that Monica and Chandler are a better couple, couple than uh, Rachel and Ross. I know some people yes. would be angry with me, but uh, no, to be honest, like Rachel right. and Ross aren't in aren't together for a lot of the season. There's actually yeah, a reference yeah. from uh, Ross. I, th- I think in the it's either in the Nightfall, the temp season when uh, Joey's pursuing a relationship with Rachel. And he's kind of going over to Ross and being like, okay, you're my mate. Are you okay with this? And Ross sort of has this realization of like, we haven't been together for years. And I was like, yeah, you haven't. <laughs> and then uh, obviously things kind of resolve themselves in the end. But um, no, just just a good kind of classic uh, sitcom. And I'm glad yeah. I've uh, seen the ending of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it is it is still a great sitcom. It's one of those yeah. ones that, you know, there are certain episodes that you go back over and, and maybe don't look quite as politically correct as they maybe were at the, the, sure, uh, at the time. But, there are yeah. some old episodes but I, I think you can't judge it it's a very it's quite an old show at this point and you can't mm. really judge episodes on that if you are a fan of friends though there is a hilarious video jennifer anderson stood in for ellen degeneres on her talk show quite recently and okay. the, ellen, the ellen show shoots on the warner brothers lot in la and the warner brothers lot in la has a mock-up of the friends cafe that you can go in and have your photo taken sat on the sofa and they did this hilarious sequence where she basically went in and hid behind the sofa while people came in and had their photos <laughs> and they were asking them as people sat down who's your favorite friend and you know they were kind of going oh it's joey and she'd like jump up from behind the sofa going <laughs> joey <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> I, it, it was yeah just hilarious uh really really funny if you that's around online if you want to go and have a look at that but uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that floating around on youtube i'll have to go and have a look at that but, yeah it's uh, funny yeah yeah um but yeah in terms of, like the, the political stuff i mean it finished in 2004 and you can't really go and rewrite it or whatever so no, no, I, I know, I, I know I, some people have been mentioning that lately but it's one of these things where people now look back at things then and and try and judge everything by values that you see now and you just mm-hmm. can't do that with a lot of yeah, stuff it, that's not it, things exactly are, it's not fair things are of their time in some cases some things i mean you could say exactly the same thing about old episodes of star trek you can say the things about uh, you know old, anything that was made like 20 years ago mm. you know it, even 10 years ago you can look back at and go uh, that's that's not aged well but you know that's the case it is what it is but overall i mean it was a groundbreaking series people forget how groundbreaking friends was because mm. so many things have followed in that mold afterwards so you go back and watch it and if you've never seen friends before bits of it look a bit cliche because you've seen all the things that copied it afterwards Mm, so yeah uh, but it it is brilliant it's such a good show yeah and i was sort of like i i remember i finished the finale and i was like oh i'm gonna go and watch some friends i was like oh yeah i finished it so i didn't have any more episodes but uh oh well at least i finished it so that's good Uh, but that's what i've been up to for me there is one thing that dropped this morning following last night's super bowl which i actually stayed up and watched the super bowl it's the first time i've ever kind of watched american football so having watched a six minute video on the rules of american football before watching it because i had no (laughs) idea idea what was going on i kind of tried to watch it and understand it as like nope i'm not getting this at all but if you google like rules of american football there's a great little six minute video that comes up that you can uh, just watch and gives you the basics of it so you can and you can kind of get through watching that which was fascinating kind of watching super bowl and american football because it's it's so stop and start compared to watching a normal football game it's very very different look at me talking about sports uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's usually me isn't it yeah so um yeah i mean i 
that was, that was fascinating because the main thing with the Super Bowl is it means lots of trailers get released and one of the trailers that got released was uh, Disney Plus released a Marvel trailer which gave us our first kind of real look um, we'd seen bits of Falcon and Winter Soldier but it gave us our first kind of real look at WandaVision which we hadn't seen before we knew kind of where they're going and ni- none of the trailer gives a huge amount away there are little bits and pieces but but uh, I, yeah I mean I, th- I thought that was great you also got a shot of Loki at the end which considering mm. I think that's actually only been filming for a week and they managed to get like a little bit of footage in there so it, yeah I wonder if they just grabbed it just for the uh, little trailer or whatever very very yeah. very possibly um, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean you, you've seen this as well I'm assuming you've seen this trailer yeah yeah it sort of ended before I realised it uh, sort of thing like it, it was just so quick and uh, that I think it's only like 30 seconds isn't it but it goes by very quickly um, yeah it's a good look at upcoming things and uh, it does give us that kind of extra slice of what WandaVision what might kind of look yeah. like obviously she's going through this particular state of mind and Vision is sort of there and uh, there's a little shot isn't there where she's in is that her X-Men suit that's what someone was saying online that that's right, the, yeah. the, the, the red one that she's got because that's what she wears in uh, remember Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the on the Switch that's right, the yeah. costume that she comes with in the game uh, I, I can't remember if you can unlock more costumes but that's that's what she wears so it was interesting to see that on her for the first time obviously for like a couple of seconds yeah going to be interesting to see how all these sort of work out but uh, glad we got kind of our first look because I, I was sort of thinking last night okay what trailers could we get for things that are like coming up because it's too early for things like the Batman um, yeah. and, and, and like some other stuff as well and obviously some of these shows are coming fairly soon so it's good that we got a, good, a look at things yeah. Um, so yeah it was good yeah Falcon Winter Soldier is coming in the autumn um, okay. they're saying WandaVision is coming at some point this year so whether that's going to be I mean they seem to be implying Falcon Winter Soldier first so that's autumn WandaVision presumably around Christmas then if that's coming later this year uh, Loki's 2021 so that's next year um, mm-hmm. Falcon Winter Soldier as well as Simon Bucky who are obviously the titular characters in that we know we've got Emily Van Camp coming back as Sharon Carter we've also got um, Zemo coming back which is Dam- Daniel Brewer as the terrorist that basically caused civil war in the first place there's a new character is Wyatt Russell who's playing John Walker who in the comic books we know takes over the role of Captain America but he's not like a warm and fuzzy Captain America he's like much more of a militaristic Captain America and as we've known from previous interviews we know that although Sam was given the shield at the end he's not Captain America yet so it looks like the whole sort of John Walker thing it looks like they're going to give him a bit of an outing of of Captain America first before maybe going back to I would guess by the end of this you might find Sam actually is Captain America but we'll, we'll have to wait and see for that we know those those characters are coming WandaVision as well as having Wanda and Vision in it and as we know from the state Vision was left in at the end of Endgame it's rather a surprising thing to see in a new TV show but Wanda was such an underwritten and underused character in the MCU given that she's supposed to be one of the most powerful beings on the planet based on her comic book version this seems to be a way of addressing that because she has this ability to bend reality to her will so that seems to be where we're going with the tv show and i'm very excited to see that it looks like it's going to be very weird very strange and very enjoyable you've got kat dennings reprising her role from the thor movies 
as Darcy. You've got Randall Park. Oh, yeah. She's a character yeah. in the MCU, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, she's, she's from um, Two Broke Girls, which got yes. cancelled like three years ago or something. Yes. Uh, Randall Park is coming back as Jimmy Wu, the FBI agent that we last saw harassing Ant-Man in Ant-Man and Wasp. And we've got Tayona Paris, who we haven't seen before. She is new, but the character she's playing isn't. She's playing Monica Ramboku, who is the daughter of Carol Danvers' best friend from Captain Marvel, who we have seen, but only as a child. And she's going to be playing the adult version of that character. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, those those three are coming in that. Loki, we know even less about. Uh, but yes, I mean, a Loki series, again, it's one of those things. Didn't, didn't Loki die in Endgame? Yes, he did, but no, he didn't. Because the version of Loki that we're following for the TV series is the one from Endgame that steals the Tesseract. So it's the sort of 2012 Loki at the height of his God of Mischief kind of yeah. powers. I think that's from the first Avengers film, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him stealing the Tesseract was the event that happened in Endgame, but it was then replaying event from the first Avengers movie. Yeah. So basically him stealing the Tesseract at that point creates an alternate timeline and it's that version that we're following. Um, hmm. So I think this could be really fun because it's full on God of Mischief Loki running around time with the Tesseract which I think sounds like it's going to be wonderful um, right yeah not something you uh, necessarily want but something that's, that's yes, fun something, you know? yeah something that's that's great uh, right. so uh Sophia DiMartino who has been cast in an undisclosed role although a lot of people are saying they think that's possibly a female version of Loki because there has been a female version of Loki in the comic books and hmm. uh, Owen Wilson also it was recently announced has been cast in a as a prominent character but again nobody knows exactly who so uh, yes those are things to look forward to but that's not coming out until 2021 so yeah Falcon and Winter Soldier Autumn 2020 WandaVision at some point in 2020 and Loki in 2020 yeah, the, the good thing about all these TV shows, obviously, they all tie into the MCU and it's the same versions of the characters that we that we know and love and everything. And um, the good thing is with this is like usually if, if this was on like like a network TV thing or whatever, they'd have to use a TV budget. But this is Disney that we're talking about. And uh, obviously from the bits and pieces that are out there for Mandalorian and stuff like we know the production value of a show like that. And mm. as I've said on, on numerous different occasions, especially recently, when you think of like any kind of production production whether it's tv games or films and you put the name disney in there one of the things you don't think of is a lack of money at no, all exactly uh, so 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 when when whenever there's a word that okay like mandalorian's in development it's going to be like this film budget kind of tv show that really kind of changes the game a little bit and uh, i'm very excited to see what that looks like in terms of well both the mandalorian and for these mcu shows and stuff because uh, that's what that's what it's going to be like it's going to be a tv show that's got a film budget because yeah again it's disney and they can do that so uh, uh, that's another good kind of um, factor to put into play as well. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with these Marvel TV shows. I mean, yeah, uh, because yeah. It's, I'm, I'm really the, glad they do tie in as well. There's something I kind of wanted a bit more from like, you know, the Netflix shows, the Defenders Netflix shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a little bit early on, but not towards uh, what it's sort of doing now. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the, the effects of like how the films and TV will kind of affect each other because they yeah. haven't properly done that before. No, uh, and the, the there is a, uh, one of the big changes that they made quite recently was putting Kevin Fahey in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, so the Marvel TV side, Marvel TV basically got dissolved and everything, all the TV stuff now all falls under Kevin. He's controlling the MCU and controls all the TV stuff as well. So uh, it's, it's all 
part of one thing now which it wasn't before it was split between the tv and the movies and whilst there was some crossover it was always made it slightly more difficult because the tv would go off in a weird tangent like mm-hmm. i mean agents of shield has got off on a strange tangent so um i mean much as i, I do love that show it's great mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't tie into the rest of the MCU particularly well. So yes, I'm I'm kind of glad with all the stuff that they're doing there, and I'm very very much looking forward to these. Uh, another thing that popped up this week was a trailer for The Fugitive, which stars Kiefer Sutherland and Boyd Holbrook, who you will know from Narcos. The trailer looks great. The thing that bothers me about this is it's on Quibi, and yeah. Quibi's not something we've really talked about on here because it may be something you've seen little bits and f- pieces for and thought, what on earth is that? The reason we've not talked about it on here is because it's, at the moment, as far as we know, it's not launching in the UK yet. Why, I don't quite understand, because there is no reason they shouldn't launch it worldwide as far as I'm aware because it is entirely original content so it's not like there are rights issues it's entirely making original content the selling point of Quibi is that it's short form videos it's a mobile app and they're short form videos so every episode is sort of a maximum of 10 minutes it's little bite-sized quick bite things that you can watch if you're you know on a commute on a train or or yeah that, that's the idea yeah. it's things that you can watch while you're waiting around for something else that that's the <laughs> point uh yeah. and it's I mean, they have got an amazing set of things that they've put together. I mean, there is uh, a Code 8 drama that is coming based on the Stephen Amell, uh, Robbie Amell film. There's this fugitive thing. There, there are, are little documentary things, little news things. There's a continuation of Reno 911, if you remember that. There is a version of Punked going on there. There's a whole bunch of dramas. There's a docuseries called Killing Zac Efron, whatever that is. There's a Justin Timberlake has a thing on there. There is a comedy, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And they've got a whole bunch of, there's a Spielberg thing on there. There's a, and, and there's, I mean, there are people like Disney are making stuff for it. NBC are making stuff. Sony, Viacom, BBC even making bits and pieces for it. And as I say, Spielberg is involved in it. The founder of it is Jeffrey Katzenberger, who is one of the uh, DreamWorks guys. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Interesting as a platform. What's slightly annoying is, as far as I can tell at the moment, they're only launching it in the US and there doesn't seem to be any logical reason for that Mm, not to launch worldwide because it's entirely original content and it's a mobile app. So, I mean, again, it's another subscription service. It's like $5.99 a month or something they're charging for it. And I don't know. I don't know whether there's enough on there for me to want to pay $5.99 a month for it. I'm not a huge fan of the format. I mean, the little trailer that they showed for the fugitive it was it was great seeing Kiefer back in that sort of Jack Bowery oh, type yes. role that, yes, was, was. that was lovely I'm sure but I kind of want a full series of that mm. I, I don't want little 10 minute episodes I you know because they're the best will in the world even if they're 10 minute episodes and they're like 20 episodes that's still only a few hours worth of TV I want like you know a full 10 episode hour long series I want like 10 hours of this mm-hmm. so yeah I mean, yeah, because I, I saw the trailer pop up yesterday for this uh, the fugitive thing, and I saw you know Kiefer Sutherland on there, and I thought, of course, I'm going to have a look at that. Didn't have a clue what to expect, and then 
of course, he uh, starts off with him kind of talking about this fugitive, and then there's just there's just this little clip of uh, him running after a terrorist, which is one of my uh, or th- this fugitive person, and uh, that's one of the best things in 24 when he, when Jack's uh, chasing someone down. Of course, he's not playing Jack in this in this yes. bit, but uh, just see uh, after watching you know, all those seasons of um, Designated Survivor and seeing him being a president and not really doing anything action wise, it's just nice again to see Kiefer Sutherland. I'll say playing a character who's holding a gun running after someone which is really good so I mean if we're able to get it in some sort of way and uh, even if nothing else interests me I'll still probably uh, pay to see that so yeah because why would I not do that but uh, yeah I'm uh, maybe unreasonably excited for that but I am just excited <laughs> to see Kiefer come back in in some kind of way hunting so sort uh, of action hunting form. a bad guy down basically yeah. yeah I do like seeing him in that role and you never know the fact is there aren't going to be that many episodes of that fugitive series I mean like mm-hmm. I say even if they're 20 yeah. episodes of it that's only a couple of hours so you're not kind of talking about a huge amount of shooting time for the actors yeah maybe it'll inspire him to go and talk about 24 again you never know uh, maybe maybe yeah. maybe I mean, the the, uh, the guys over at fox have said that you know that they are still trying to do something with it and i think they have come to the conclusion that if they are going to do it they kind of need to do it with Kiefer. he's not doing yeah. anything else at the yeah. moment other than this which isn't going to take up all of his time so maybe they can talk him into it we'll see mm-hmm. yeah because it's not a designated survivor situation where it's like 23 episodes yeah, exactly. and it probably takes months out of his schedule or whatever so yeah. uh, if he can find time within his because he's doing a lot of music and tours and stuff and, and things like that but uh, if he can find some time within then then uh, who knows but uh, yeah maybe. yeah we shall see we'll have to wait and see um, the other thing of course ended this week The Good Place it was the finale this week I know we're going to talk about this over on an entertainment talk podcast later this week so we won't go like too deep into this because but um, thoughts what did you think of the finale happy with it overall I'm still thinking about I'll just say certain character decisions uh, yes. without spoiling things I'm still thinking about what all that sort of means and it's a very it's a thought provoking kind of show it's all about you know moral philosophy and doing good and doing bad and, and those sorts of things but particularly the choices made in the finale I'm still thinking about those still thinking about how happy I am with them or, or how sort of satisfied I am with the ending overall I'm happy with how things ended it's just those uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about those character choices uh, and whether or not it was a good or a bad thing so but I'll, I'll come to yeah. a uh, I guess final conclusion on Friday yes so. no I know what you mean it leaves you with a lot of things to think about that show uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because a lot of shows I think would have ended that two episodes prior to where they ended it because mm. there is something that happens The it's very difficult to talk about this without giving away anything for those people that haven't caught yeah. up but there, the the two episodes prior to that you could have ended the series there and it would have been absolutely fine as an ending you could have you could have stopped at that point and then they carried on for a couple more episodes and the, the, the next two episodes are great and it brings up a lot of thought-provoking stuff in those final two episodes but it's just an interesting one I did enjoy the ending I know what you mean about some of the character decisions it kind of sits with you of like well would they have done that does that make sense so yeah. and I, also the question of like what would you do in that situation yeah, exactly sort of thing yeah, yeah. And, and without being in that situation it's very difficult to know and 
uh, you know, and none of us are likely to be in that situation and know about it, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting. But if you want to know more and what a kind of a less cryptic description of the Good Place finale, um, <laughs> go and listen to Entertainment Talk. We'll be that we'll be talking about that on Friday, and uh, that I presume will be out on Friday or Saturday. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Friday probably. So that will probably uh, be out yeah, Friday. The final, final episode of the Good Talk podcast. Yes, and um, we'll give it a nice send off. So, uh, yeah, well, me and Matt will be talking about that on Friday. Go and listen to that over on Entertainment Talk. Miracle Workers, just speaking of places that involve like heaven and hell and that sort of thing, <laughs> Miracle Workers, season one of that started. Uh, this is the the show which has Steve Buscemi as God, and uh, he's a very disenfranchised God of sort of doesn't really want to do anything. He's far too busy watching TV and playing video games and that sort of thing. He's kind of done with the whole Earth thing. It's all going wrong. He doesn't like it anymore, and he's kind of cheesed off with everything and uh daniel radcliffe plays an angel who's oh this show now you now i know what you're talking about yeah daniel yeah. radcliffe plays an angel who whose job is to answer prayers but because some of the big prayers are really complicated he's spending his life sort of answering little prayers like how to find people's keys and stuff like that <laughs> so that's been a lot of his job and uh, you know it, it's doing it in a kind of trying to do it in a really subtle way like like uncovering leaves so somebody can go and find a glove or something like that. It's really interesting and just sort of set up as heaven as this kind of big bureaucracy and uh, this new angel comes in to help Daniel Radcliffe and he's just appalled at the fact that they're basically ignoring all this stuff and goes and challenges God to do better. That's the sort of setup for it. It's really funny and I really enjoy it. I think if you're missing the good place, this could be one to be worth going to watch actually it's different type of show but works in the same sort of area definitely want to go and check out it's on sky comedy it's actually all up on uh, now tv and it's all the entire first season is up there so you can uh, you can go and watch on demand on sky on demand as well but they're putting it out weekly on sky comedy if you want to go and watch it uh, but uh, yeah i really enjoyed that and uh, i'm going to be i've only watched the first episode so far but i will be going to watch the rest of it because it's really funny the other thing i watched this week was jay and silent bob reboot now i'm a huge fan of kevin smith and i've watched pretty much all of the films particularly the jay and silent bob ones this is one of those movies that i think if you're a fan of kevin smith and you're a fan of his back catalogue of work it's worth seeing there is an awful lot of in jokes i mean the entire thing is pretty much a humongous in joke basically of him making fun of the fact that jay and silent bob reboot is basically a remake of jay and silent bob strike back it's very meta it's got a lot of his friends in there it's got a lot of references to the old films he's roped in a lot of a uh, lot of people that were involved in some of the old older movies if you, including some quite big names as well there are all sorts of people that pop up and do cameos if you've never seen a jay and silent bob film before this isn't for you it purely made as fan service that is the only reason it exists uh, <laughs> it's funny if you enjoy that sort of thing and if you understand all the in-jokes it is worth watching but it's not a film that's particularly penetrable from anybody watching from the outside 
So entirely up to you. It is available on um, the Sky Store now if you want to go and buy it. I'm, I'm sure it will come on to Sky Cinema at some point in the future, but at the moment it's available to buy on the Sky Store. So uh, so worth, worth it if you are, but you really need to be a Kevin Smith fan to be able to go and watch it. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Now let's go on to some TV and film news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So we kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. We got the news that The Crown has been renewed for a fifth but final season. And we're going to have a new queen for the final season. It's going to be Imelda Staunton taking over the role from Olivia Colman for the final season. Uh, this is this is an interesting one because when they initially announced The Crown... It was announced as being a six-season show. It looks like Peter Morgan, who is the guy that writes it, was writing this fifth season and actually got to a point and thought, you know what, I think actually this is a better place to stop. So I'm not going to do a sixth season, I'm only going to do five. And it, it definitely seems to be his decision. It's not a Netflix decision. It seems to be a creative decision by him that he wanted to stop after five seasons. So it means Imelda Staunton won't play the Queen for two seasons. She'll only do it for one, whereas Claire Foy and uh, Olivia Colman played it for two. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think she's a good choice for the uh, final run. She's a great actress. You'll know her from things like Harry Potter she was in. She's a good successor to it. I mean, if he's got to this fifth season and had that idea of like, okay, I could just end things uh, here with the story, then may- maybe that is for, for the better because then if he pushes it past that and then gets into a sixth season and has what, like 10 episodes to write and like doesn't quite have maybe the ideas or the ideas that he wanted to do or whatever, um, sometimes that's just just for the best to run things for a couple of seasons. I mean, uh, example like the the Deuce only was on for three, three seasons, seasons, but, yeah. but uh, some, sometimes uh, and like Watchmen's only on for for one season at least yeah. what we know so far. And sometimes it's just best to to run things just for a couple of seasons. Not everything does have to be you know five, eight, ten, fifteen seasons or whatever. Uh, just depends on what the show is and what the kind of creators want and everything. Like the, the Good Place, four seasons, and uh, that's where Michael Shaw kind of wanted to end things, and he had an ending in mind. And yeah, sometimes it's just better to to just know when you've reached the end point of a story and just just conclude things sometimes absolutely i mean i think with with this it's going to be interesting to see how he splits the time because the original idea was that the whole thing was going to run for basically a decade a season so the first season was the 50s second season was kind of the 60s third season which we're in now is the 70s fourth season will presumably be the 80s and then the fifth season will presumably be the 90s it's whether that he then decides to skipped through time a little bit more as you go through the fourth and fifth season possibly whether we're going to get kind of 80s and a bit more 90s in season four and then maybe 90s and a bit of the 2000s in season five i don't know because i mean the obvious places to end would either be you'd think either as it tips over into the millennium or maybe you go up even as far as 2012 which is the diamond jubilee okay you know i but i i don't know or maybe he just jumps around in time a little bit more because i mean there's nothing to say that he has to do it that way 
you know, that has to do a decade a season. It may be that there's just not enough interesting big stories that you can pull from in those intervening times. So maybe the time speeds up as you go through it. But maybe. Yeah. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. I remember a couple of people joking about like, oh, Meghan Markle could have played Meghan Markle in a yeah. future season or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, but obviously they're, they're out of all I, that now. Or I trying do to be, think whatever. that maybe is part of it as well, is he maybe decided that he doesn't want to go quite so close into current history. Okay. And, yeah. you know, because I, I think you can go back and you look at, you can look at things like the death of Princess Diana. There is a lot of stuff written about it. There is a lot of stuff known about that at this point. I, I think maybe he, when you start bumping up into quite recent history I think maybe he doesn't want to do drama based around that because you're kind of stepping on the toes of, of things that are quite fresh in people's memory and th- there's not maybe enough known about certain stuff so I, I think maybe that's what he's trying to avoid he's bumping too close into into recent history so uh, you want a bit of distance I think so maybe that's one of the reasons for stopping there but it's been a great se- series so far I've been really enjoying Enjoying it, and uh, I'm happy that Peter Morgan has decided that he wants to end it the way he wants to end it. I'd rather have him do that than it run on for way too long, as you were saying. So, yeah, yeah. Netflix has ordered a sci-fi spy thriller called *In from the Cult*, starring Margarita La Vida. Um, she was in *Revenge* and *The Deuce* actually as well. She plays Jenny, a single mum whose life is turned upside down during a European vacation with her daughter. The CIA forces us to confront her long-buried past as a Russian spy who was also the product of a highly classified KGB experiment, granting her special abilities. So it's a sort of, yeah, it's a spy thriller, but it's got like a bit of a sci-fi-y kind of edge to it. After a mysterious string of manic murderous incidents suggests somebody with her exact abilities are targeting innocent people, she's forced out of hiding to stop the villain and risk losing her family and new life she's built. So it's sounding a bit Jason Bourne, but with a Russian mm. spy instead of an American spy, if that, that sort of seems to be the kind of setup for it. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting sounding one, I think. Think. It'd be interesting to see what tone they possibly go for here as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, like if they sl- if they try to slide in a bit of comedy or like how kind of serious it's going to be and things like that. Because if it's to do with like the risk of losing family that, that she's built and stuff, which is a bit more of a serious thing. But I wonder if they could if there's going to be areas they try and slide comedy into. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's the perfect role for uh, Margarita because she's a U.S. actress but was born in Russia, so speaks fluent Russian. She was also a former competitive rhythm gymnast as well so like a spy with special abilities that can kind of throw themselves around presumably that seems like quite a good fit she was Abby on the deuce that's where you might have seen her recently she was also yeah, I've, just, I've just looked her up I recognise the character yeah uh, or the actress rather she was uh, Gina on the blacklist she also played Amanda on Revenge so that's maybe where you may know her from but uh, yeah it's from uh, writer-producer Adam Glass whose previous work includes Supernatural The Chi and Criminal Minds beyond borders so we'll have to see it's an eight episode series it uh, begins filming from march this year so it'll either be out later you know towards the end of this year or maybe early next year we'll have to wait and see yeah one to look out for it's called in from the cold that one and that's coming to netflix and uh, amazon has picked up a comic book adaptation another comic book adaptation based on uh, rick remender's fear agent which uh, fear agent is not a comic book i know but uh, the strap line for it says interstellar invaders time travel clones of clones of clones and lots of whiskey whether he's battling the 
scourge of space or going back in time to stop alien invasions that changed Earth forever or winning back his ex-wife. There's nothing that Heath Hudson won't do to try and right the wrongs and get his family back. He is, after all, the last fear agent. That's the setup for it. If you're thinking that sounds a bit Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, it is Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's uh, Mac Tomark and uh, David F. Sandberg as well are the other people involved. Uh, Shazam director David S. Sandberg is going to helm the show. The scripts and Madison Tomlock, who co-wrote the upcoming The Batman movie with Matt Reeves. Rogan and Goldberg are exact producers on it as well. And I mean, it sounds as bonkers as Future Man if you ever saw that sci-fi series. So yes, it seems very much in their kind of wheelhouse. I've just looked up uh, some some pictures and stuff. Obviously, it's showing me mostly comic book covers. But it looks kind of interesting, at least. So yeah, we'll see I mean, how it gets adapted. It looks silly, mindlessly violent, very yeah. much in the in the sort of preacher and the boys kind of realm in terms of the stylistically, I think, how it's probably going to be. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the book at all. It's going to be an interesting one to see how that one develops. But um, yes, Amazon have picked that up. So there's no problems with like network TV muting right, restrictions, restrictions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, so I think that's quite good. In terms of the bigger news, it's all about pilots pretty much this week because there were a ton of pilots announced. So we've got CW have ordered a pilot for a female-led Kung Fu remake and they've also ordered a comedy called The Republic of Sarah. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Kung Fu, we have spoken about this a few times on the show before because there's been various versions of Kung Fu uh, remakes floating around and uh, this one actually has made it to pilot which the others previously haven't. Uh, so the original show ran from 72 to 75, started David Carradine in the lead role as a Shaolin monk who tranks around 1880s old West America in search for his half-brother armed with only his skill in martial arts and a Taoist wisdom. Um, the new version is one that follows a Chinese-American woman who drops out of college and goes a life-changing journey to an isolated monastery in China. When she returns to find her, her hometown overrun with crime and corruption, she uses her martial arts skills and Shaolin values to protect the community and bring criminals to justice along with searching for the assassin who killed a Shaolin mentor and is now targeting her. So it, it's um, sounding a bit like a certain Marvel series-ish um, without the sort of Iron Fist supernaturally thing in it. There is certain elements of that to it. I don't know. It's from Christina M. Kim, who's one of the writer exec producers on Blindspot. And Blindspot's been a fun show. It's got uh, the Blindspot creator as one of the EPs. It's also got Greg Belanti and Sarah Sh- uh, Schretter from uh, Belanti Productions, the people behind the Arrowverse, involved as EPs as well. So, I mean, it's a solid team behind it. Yeah, certainly not a lack of experience when it comes to Greg Belanti, past, present and future, I suppose. Because yeah. he's running so many different... Uh, involved with so many different shows um yeah could be fun um i mean cw like to do more sort of uh fun types of shows they do have their darker shows you know uh, arrow has been a bit dark and uh like lightning's been dark in the past and, and some other shows have, have certainly gone there like the hundreds been a little bit dark in certain places but they still do you know shows like flash and supergirl and all that that uh are a bit more fun and obviously legends of tomorrow which is definitely in that yeah. in that sort of space but uh yeah we'll just have to sort of see uh what this looks like i suppose when it comes out it seems like a good mix-up um blind spot and some of the Arrowverse shows have a very similar 
similar tone to them in that there are a, a surface of sort of comedy in places and then you've also mm. got you know a lot more kind of kick-ass stuff going on underneath so i i suspect you're going to get a similar tone with this it seems like a good level to put it at i didn't really watch any of the original kung fu there have been various versions of kung fu kicking around for a while so uh yeah i mean we'll see again it's only a pilot it may not go to series we don't know the other thing they've picked up is a comedy called the republic of sarah which follows the story of a high school teacher who faced with the destruction of her town at the hands of a greedy mining corporation she uh utilizes an obscure cartographical loophole to declare it as an independent nation she now must lead a young group of misfits as they tend to start their own country from scratch so that's the sort of premise of that comes from jeffrey paul king who is a writer and producer on elementary and producer director mark webb who was involved with crazy ex-girlfriend and limitless so uh that i mean the whole crazy ex-girlfriend limitless kind of thing gives you an idea of the kind of quirky off the wall weird humor you're probably going to get with some of this but i i rather like the setup it's not an entirely original thing i've heard this kind of idea of the idea of setting up your own country before but i i think it's something that could work quite well as a cw show it sounds very cw to me yeah but again we uh there's no lead in that so we'll uh, have to wait and see who gets cast and i think that will make a difference but uh, again still only a pilot after those cw did announce that they picked up two more pilots as well um so that sort of completes most of their pilot pickups as well as all their renewals for this year one of the pilots they picked up is called maverick that's set in present day america that finds itself under an authoritarian rule the president's daughter raised to believe her father is moral and benevolent has a worldwide view rocked on her first day at georgetown challenged by fellow students and under the watchful eye of the secret service agents she has to decide if her loyalties lie with her family or a growing resistance as she navigates her freshman year after i'm not overly inspired by this but it's the first pilot from mergen mulhern who previously worked on jane the virgin and bh90210 joss swartz and stephanie savage who are the people behind gossip girl runaways dynasty nancy drew are also producing i mean i it do, doesn't he's called maverick um it's only a pilot doesn't jump out at me that one particularly but it's there it's one of the ones that they've gone for and uh, the other thing is they're trying the Lost Boys again. Do you remember last year they tried to... Yeah, I remember when they tried to pick this up and it, it didn't quite work, did it? No, um, it, it, didn't, it didn't quite work. And then they kind of got rid of all the cast barring two and let everybody go. And then they ended up letting those two go as well. So it's an entirely new cast. It's a completely retooled version of the pilot that they originally ordered last season. So they're going to basically completely redo it. Uh, it comes from Heather Mitchell, who worked on Scandal and... And Rob Thomas, who was the man behind Veronica Mars and iZombie. Marco Sega, who was uh, helmed the Vampire Diaries pilot and Batwoman pilot, is also coming on board to direct this new pilot. Thomas, who was exec producer on it, didn't write the first pilot script, but he's writing this reworked version with Mitchell. So uh, it's going to have a bit of kind of Rob Thomas magic sprinkled over it, which it sounded like it needed. The new pilot will be cast from scratch. The basic plot line for it, if you uh, don't know the Lost Boys, when a mother and a Generation Z sons move to a seaside town where she grew up, they discover there is a sinister reason that the local cool kids sleep all day, party all night and never grow up 
can never grow old. The family bonds are tested as the brothers find themselves on opposite sides of a mythological struggle based on the 1987 cult classic that revolutionised how we think about vampires. Have you ever actually watched the original movie? Because it is a Kiefer Sutherland movie. I haven't, no. I know that do you need to, he's, That's one that you need to do on a classic it. review. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, is it just a, just a film? Because it's mm. obviously going for a TV show, isn't it? Yes, this is going for a TV show. It is just a movie, but it's definitely one you should do on a classic review because it is a great movie. It's cool. really, I'll, really uh, good. I'll add that to the quite long list. But, yes. Uh, yeah, because obviously I've only done three seasons of uh, classic reviews, but um, yeah, it'll be one that I certainly consider. Obviously, Kiefer Sutherland's in there in quite a different role, but uh, yeah. I'll still uh, be willing to watch that. Oh no, definitely, definitely one worth watching. It's a fabulous movie. It's got a really kick-ass soundtrack as well, so uh, definitely one to uh, go and watch. Cool. So yeah, that again has been repiloted. It didn't make it last time. We'll see whether it has a better look this time. We'll have to wait and see. But that's all the CW stuff. They have already renewed 13 shows, so uh, they've pretty much everything that is currently on air, they renewed, uh, apart from things that we know are finishing, like Arrow. They've yeah. already put two things to series, which is the Superman and Lois series and the Walker Texas Ranger reboot starring Jared Padalecki, which we talked about last week. So those two we know are going to series. They have a couple of other potential spin-offs, one being the Green Arrow and the Canaries, and the other mm. one being the 100 spin-off, which apparently is now titled Anaconda for reasons which we don't know. But um, yeah, okay. so their, their yeah. airing is backdoor pilots. Green Arrow and Canaries has already aired. 100 hasn't aired yet, but uh, hopefully we'll see that mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, I wonder why they haven't ordered the um, Green Arrow and the Canaries spin-off mm. yet. I know that with the 100, the upcoming season is going to have the pilot, the yeah. pilot which hasn't aired anywhere yet because they've already got, obviously, the, the US reception of um, the Green Arrow Canaries episode. I'm just kind of wondering why they haven't sort of done that yet. I don't but, know. Uh, don't know. We'll have to see mm-hmm. where it goes. Moving off the CW over onto NBC, they have given a pilot order to Langdon, which we have talked about this when they first originally started developing it. This is a prequel series based on the Da Vinci Code. It's using the nine, 2009 novel The Lost Symbol as the basis for the pilot, which if you're a fan of the books, you'll be now be very confused because that is set after the events of the previous books. What they're basically doing is they're taking that book as the basis, but moving the timeline. So the time frame is going to be set early in London's life instead but it's going to use the plot of the lost symbol as the basis for it so uh, story follows the early adventures of Harvard symbiologist Robert Langdon as he finds himself pulled into a series of deadly puzzles when his mentor is kidnapped CIA forces him onto a task force where he uncovers a chilling conspiracy so this is sounding a bit Jack Ryan don't you think does this um, pretty much is the setup of Jack Ryan isn't it you know where some, maybe? somebody who's kind of pulled out of an office some pushed out onto into a CIA task force kind of yeah I, I suppose it is the Da Vinci Code kind of thing is never something I've I've paid attention to I know that there was the was it Tom Hanks yes it was, was Tom, in that film? Tom Hanks was think, in the uh, films yeah yeah it's weird to think of him voicing Woody and then going into the Da Vinci Code <laughs> yeah it's very strange so, but uh, um, it, uh, it's, it's never a story I've really kind of paid attention to but maybe I will with this yeah the pilot comes from Dan Dorkin and James Beatty who were co-creators as the Scream franchise and The Crossing Ron Howard and Brian Grazier who are the people behind the Tom Hanks movie version of the Da Vinci Code as well so uh, they're also involved with it they haven't announced any casting yet 
But Colin Hanks is no longer on Life in Pieces because that's finished. So if he's not busy and they're looking for a younger <laughs> version and it's got like the people that are involved in the movie involved in it, maybe maybe you could do that. Maybe maybe you could cast him in the lead. That would be an interesting one of him sort of playing the younger version. You could tie both together. So uh, yeah, just a thought. But um, yeah, I mean, I liked-ish some of the Da Vinci Code movies. I mean, I they were very uneven and a bit all over the place. It's something that I think would make a reasonable TV series. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, NBC, it's a pilot order at the moment. We'll have to see whether they go anywhere with it. And um, ABC have also got a pilot order out. This is for a thing called Wreckage, and it's based on a novel by Emily Bleeker. Follows the story of Lillian Linden, who looks like the brave survivor of a plane crash, but she's been lying to her family, her friends, and the whole world since the rescue helicopter scooped her and her fellow survivor, David. Hall off a desert island in the South Pacific. Missing for all of its four years, the castaway are thrust into the spotlight after the rescue will become media darlings overnight, but they can't tell the real story, so they lie. The public is fascinated by their story, but Guinevere Randall, a hard-nosed journalist and host of a news programme, isn't buying it. She suspects Lillian's and Dave's explanation about the other crash survivors aren't true, and now she's determined to get the real story no matter how many lives it destroys. It's an interesting setup for it. It's got a little bit of lost kind of weird well not weirdness but a little bit of kind right. of lost mystery in there yeah, that, that's sort of um like season five or four of, of lost when yes. they have the, the media on them and all that sort of thing um because i remember when you posted this and i saw plane crash and wreckage and i thought oh it's going to be like a, a survivor kind of thing but obviously this this is a, a bit different to that but it's uh piqued my interest a little bit just to see what they kind of do with it and um who knows maybe they'll do some flashback stuff and uh, and that sort of thing possibly yeah, it's something that's uh, got my interest. We'll see, obviously, if it goes to, to series, which David has said, you know, not all, all these are just kind of pilot orders at the moment. Yeah. But, um, and obviously, it will need a UK home if it does get picked up the series. But we'll see how things go. Yeah. The story comes from Jackie Walters, who is probably best known up until this point for the children's series Just Add Magic. So this is kind of a bit of a departure. She has written some other stuff as well, but that's probably the thing she's best known for. Uh, Mark Webb, who was the director on The Amazing Spider-Man and The Society, is set to direct the pilot. And exact produce so uh, yeah it's an interesting team behind it uh, it's the fifth pilot order for abc alongside 30 something else which is a reboot of the classic series 30 something based around the cast original children you've also got uh Berlanti is back again with a reimagining of dracula called the brides you've got an erin brockovich inspired legal drama called rebels and harlem's kitchen which sees a restaurant aiming family life turned upside down when the long buried secrets are revealed so those are the things that ABC are piloting so we'll have to see what makes it out of that and then over on CBS they have given a pilot order to the Equalizer remake starring Queen Latifah now for anybody that knows the original Equalizer that seems like a very left of field choice because the original Equalizer starred a guy called Edward Woodward who um, was very very not Queen Latifah um, he was he was kind of a you know 50 odd year old guy and very very, very different characters. But, you know, if they want to take it in a different direction, I'm all for that. I think Queen Latifah is a great actress, so this, this could be wonderful. Did you say Ed Woodward? Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. Yes, that was his that's, name. That's really weird, because that's the name of the chief executive at Man United. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, and he's, uh, let's just say, not very good at his job. Right. But um, that was, it was strange just to hear you say that name. Obviously, it's not the same person, because no, uh, no. he needs to be 
be busy getting on with his uh, actual job. job. Yes, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was just weird to hear you say it then. Yeah, for, if you don't know The Equalizer, the original series ran on ITV, I think, in the UK. It follows a mysterious retired intelligent agent who uses his skills from his former life to help innocent people in need. The new take in the show seems Queen Latifah take on the role of an enigmatic figure who uses her extensive skills to help those with nowhere else to run. Um, this isn't the first time they've kind of remade it because there was a the original show ran from sort of in the late 80s on CBS. Denzel Washington then did a big screen remake in 2014 and then they did a sequel to that in 2018. So I mean it is something that's been out there in the sort of consciousness of people. Andrew Marlowe and Terry Miller are the people behind it who created a show called Take Two. They're going to be showrunners. Marlowe is also the created Castle as well. Those are the people behind it and given that Marlowe was sort of behind Castle and that that was very much a dramedy I rather think that this may be a bit more serious than that I'm just given the sort of subject but I don't know Queen Latifah's great she's been in a number of different things she's been in Star recently she was in the Scream TV series she's been in uh, movies like Chicago Hairspray The Dilemma 22 Jump Street Girls Trip recently she's won Grammys Emmys Golden Globes and has an Academy Award nomination so clearly she knows what she's doing so right. uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah and it's an interesting sort of twist on the casting I don't see any reason why they shouldn't do that so again it's only a pilot so we don't know whether it will move forward or not we'll have to wait and see so that's all the news we have for this week now we'll move on to the highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week we kick off with righteous gemstones which is coming to sky comedy on the 5th of february at 9 p.m this i think has been like floating around they've been pushing this quite a lot it's a comedy series starring john goodman alan divine and danny mcbride tells the story of a world famous televangelist family with a long tradition of deviance greed and charitable work so uh, there is that coming you've got perpetual grace limited that's coming to stars play on the 6th of february this is a mini series follows James, played by Jimmy Simpson as a young grifter as he attempts to prey upon a pastor, Byron Brown, played by Ben Kingsley, who turns out to be far more dangerous than he suspects. Over on Apple TV on the 7th, you've got Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which is a comedy set in a video game development company from Charlie Day and Rob McKenley, who are the people behind Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Has kind of a Silicon Valley feel to that from the trailers I've seen, so I'm very interested okay. in watching that. I'll take that. an interest in that. Yeah, that um, sounds pretty good. That's one but, worth... Uh, in terms of Apple TV Plus, just waiting for the morning show. Yes, two. yes. Well, so. well, that took it back. I know, I'm with you on that. <laughs> right. It's going to be a while, but... Uh... It's uh, Lock and Key coming to Netflix, which is the long, long-awaited fantasy horror series, which revolves around three siblings who, after a gruesome murder of their father, moves to their ancestral home in Maine, only to find the house has magical keys that give them a vast array of powers. I've no idea whether it would be any good or not, but that thing has been in development across multiple networks for about seven years um, wow, okay. it's it's finally landed at Netflix and they finally actually made it so we'll have to wait and see whether it is actually going to be any good or not mm. um, you've got Van Helsing season 4 that is arriving on Netflix on the 8th of February so you go watch that then over on ITV Endeavour returns for Young Inspector Morse uh, that's on the 9th of February at 8pm Criminal Minds the 15th and final season comes to Sky Witness on the 10th of February at 9pm for those of you that want to stay up all night the Oscars they are airing on Sky Cinema Oscars at the 10th of February from 1am in the morning you can go and watch that it previews from midnight on Saturday night 
Sunday morning. So, uh, yeah, if, if you want to go and stay up and watch the Oscars, they're on the 10th of February. Then on the uh, Sky Atlantic, we have The End starting, which arrives on the 10th of February at 10pm. This is three generations of family with separate but intersecting obsessions trying to figure out how to die with dignity, live with none and make it count. Okay. Cool. I have no idea whether that's any good or not, but there is that coming as well. So that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. Yeah, the thing I wanted to kind of mention is something that happened yesterday. A bad kind of thing happened, but for good reason. Uh, the website crashed yesterday. Yeah. But it crashed because it had too much traffic. Because <laughs> uh, because obviously I contacted uh, Kualu, who, who I host the website with and stuff like that. Yes. They basically sent me this email and showed me all these traffic stats and stuff. And they were like, they, they've told me like a solution. And it is it, the bottom line is it's not too much of a, of a, of a problem. But um, yeah, they said that uh, it, the server couldn't kind of handle the traffic, which uh, hasn't happened before. So yes, yeah. uh, I guess thank I, you everybody who's uh, caused that traffic y- to, yes. to happen. It's, so. which is awesome awesome news I, I yeah. also went through a stage like that of every so often having to change the server out to upgrade it because of the fact that it kept on crashing because of the traffic and uh, Kualu who are a great great hosting company they've been yeah. over backwards to help you out and uh, they're the same people that host Geektown as well I love those guys to death they're wonderful if you need a decent hosting service kualu.co.uk are well well worth going to see yeah, yeah but, it's, uh, yeah, it's great news you can find me on uh, yeah. Twitter at e talk uk uh, if you want to check out all the stuff that we've uh, posted and of course entertainmenttalk.org is where the content is of course lots of you have found it apparently so, <laughs> yes yes yeah. and uh, check out me and matt doing uh, well we've we've got a whole bunch of things coming up actually on uh, entertainment yeah, talk. lots of things decided to come back at the same time yes because so. we've got a lot of things coming up we've got uh, the good place wrap-up which we're doing on friday there will be a preview show going out fairly soon for better call soul and walking dead because both of those coming back and then in a few weeks what else have we got coming up there was something else as well Westworld Westworld yes Westworld season 3 which of course starts next month as well so we'll be doing lots and lots of stuff over on Entertainment Talk for individual shows go and check them out for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at Geektown on Twitter on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown and on Instagram at Geektown UK that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.